Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Power Blocks Expansion Pass. I'm your host today, Dan Murphy, and with me we have Kiru Seta, Kerry Chandler himself. How you doing, Kerry? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. Kerry's joining me today because Joy-Cons have been a very, very popular part of conversation in the Nintendo world in the last week or so. Uh, between the new video on how to permanently... I'm doing it in quotations for the listeners. <laughs> How to permanently fix your Joy-Cons, uh, the new Switch OLED model not having new Joy-Cons, and uh, even the Skyward Sword Joy-Cons being run out of stock everywhere. So, um, Kerry, you're with me today just because you know a lot about Joy-Cons and, you know, fixing stuff and you're a modder. So tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you know in this industry. Hey, all right. Yeah, so uh, I have uh, been, you know, messing around with electronics computers for a long time, building computers since the late 90s. In college, I worked in uh, computer component repair and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I got into console repair and modding a couple of years ago, I guess right out about two years ago. Uh, just uh, at first, just fixing my own broken stuff. I think, you know, the first thing I fixed was a, a broken analog stick in my 3DS and then I think the next thing I did was repair some drifting Joy-Cons of my own. And since then, I've gotten into doing it for fun and profit. And I stream it on Twitch sometimes and all that. So it's become kind of a fun hobby that uh, I make just enough money to buy the supplies for the next thing I'm doing, pretty much. Nice. So it's a self-sustaining hobby right now? <laughs> yeah. So I am very much an amateur, but you know, I, I do have some experience. And I've, uh, I've, I've fixed probably close to a dozen Joy-Cons. Oh wow! Um, so I've I've opened them up and I've opened up the joystick assemblies and stuff and looked at it. So I have a little bit of a little bit of knowledge on that stuff. Cool. Um, outside of repairs, do you do you just kind of put anything together from scratch on your own or? Uh, no, mainly uh, I do modding more than anything. So the I think one of the main things I do is take like uh, Game Boys and put uh, backlit you know uh, IPS screens in them. Uh, rechargeable battery mods, uh, things like that, shell, shell, you know, shell swaps, things like that. Just um, buy like some old used uh, video game stuff and fix it up and put some new hardware in it and then resell it so I can buy the next set nice. of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you said you've been kind of working on the Joy-Cons. Um, so just like out of curiosity – what what exactly is wrong with the Joy Cons? Like why why do they drift and why don't they fix it? Okay, so here's here's basically the deal. Nintendo must have bought just millions of these cheap joysticks. Okay. Uh, and they they bought them. They're like real flat. I think the conjecture around the internet is that when Nintendo first purchased these, that uh, there was a lot of like tablets. And there's a lot of thought that there's going to be like handheld gaming devices where you want everything real thin. So if you take a look, if you open up a Joy-Con and you look at that joystick, it's got the, you got the joystick and it goes into this little flat rectangle that has all the innards in it. And it's real compacted mm -hmm. and, and it's just cheap. I mean, that's all there is to it. Like whenever I buy, I go on Amazon, I buy the exact same ones that are in the Nintendo Switch. I usually buy like a 12 pack for $25. 
Oh wow! So these things are, and I'm <laughs> and I'm not getting the deal Nintendo's getting. Right. You know, Nintendo is probably getting them for like pennies. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, um, that's really what it is. Now, what causes it? I can explain how it works real fast, simple for you. Okay. If you open it up, what you got inside is you have an x-axis and a y-axis on there, which is how any joystick works. Right. And it's got these two metal prongs for the x and two metal prongs for the y. Okay. And there's some tension in those prongs. You can press down on them with like a pair of tweezers or whatever. They're like a spring. And then there's a flat uh, electronic board, basically, little what we call a PCB. Um, but it's like a flat, uh, flexible one. Gotcha. And it's got two. It's got two little contact strips on it that those metal prongs slide on. And those contact strips, uh, the internet is kind of divided on whether they're made from uh, graphite, which is what the video we'll talk about mm-hmm. is saying, or carbon. I think the majority opinion is carbon. Um, but either way, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the way it works is the Whenever you move that joystick, those little metal prongs slide up and down on that contact strip. Gotcha. And the the Joy-Con is basically measuring the uh, amount of electricity that is being conducted. Okay. Uh, based on how much the prongs are pressing. And then those different voltage, uh, or I don't know if it's voltage, those different amounts are keyed to different coordinates. Gotcha. And so that's how it works. Okay. And there's most joysticks work on this same principle. Yeah. Right. So that's why the drift happens is those metal prongs are grinding that carbon or graphite off. Mm. And so I, the analogy I'd make is like, if you didn't have a driveway and so the only way to get in and, you know, like up to your house is to go through a ditch. Right. At first it's going to work fine, but over the time, you're going to be digging ruts into that ditch until eventually you start to get stuck. Okay. And that's what it is. Right. Huh. That, so that's basically drift. So you can replace the ditch, you could, which is just, then it's going to happen again. And that's <laughs> what I do is I'm just replacing the ditch, you know? Right. That's all I'm doing. Um, or you could build a driveway and that's what Nintendo should do. But Nintendo, I guess that's too cost prohibitive for them. Hmm. Consumers aren't punishing them. They're just buying more Joy-Cons. Right. So they're not going to build a driveway because why build a driveway when the ditch is still making you money? And you would think like after a class action lawsuit that maybe they would try to change it. But now we're even getting a new model of Switch with the same old Joy-Cons. As far as we know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think uh, it did it. When did, did it drop today? Um, the pre-orders as of our recording were yesterday and then... It releases on October 8th with Metroid Dread. Oh, there you go. So I think on October 8th, we'll, the internet will be alive with a definitive answer of, yes, this is the exact same Joy-Con, or maybe not, but I can't imagine not. No. Well, I, 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 I'm pretty sure that it's confirmed that it's the same old Joy-Cons, because they do have to connect and slide into both the OLED Switch and the current Switch. You know what I mean? Right. Well, the thing about it is, though, it wouldn't take that much to change it. <laughs> like there are other jo- there are other you know uh, controllers that don't have this problem. I mean, most controllers don't get this problem as easily as the Switch, but there's controllers that don't use the same technology at all, like uh, the DualShock Three, okay, and the PlayStation Vita. Both of those use a completely different uh, controller technology that is pretty drift proof. And it's not like, you know, I mean, DualShock 3, 
God, that's got to be like, what, 15 years old? <laughs> right. I've never had any issues with any PlayStation controllers. No, no, me either, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, it, so the Switch Lite, I'm assuming, is the same uh, style of joystick as a Joy-Con? It is. And that's why, like, when the Switch Lite came out, I was like, well, that's a nice idea. Definitely not buying that because <laughs> um, I could tell you from, like, uh, the 3DS, uh, or, yeah, from repairing 3DSs, if you've got to remove that screen, it's a pain. And I know, like, the if you look at, like, the iFixit guide on repairing a uh, Joy-Con, yep. it's like they rate the difficulty, and the iFixit difficulty for Joy-Cons, like, medium. And then for Switch Lite, it's extra hard or something like that because it's, it's actually pretty difficult to take apart a Switch Lite, relatively speaking. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's people that do it. Right. But it's not, it's not ideal. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hardly trust myself doing a regular Joy-Con, let alone if I had a Switch Lite. Exactly. Um, What about the Pro Controller? Is that the same? Because I haven't really heard any issues about people who use Pro Controllers, and it doesn't feel like the same kind of joystick. Uh, The Pro Controller, as I understand it, is the same technology, but it's a uh, thicker base. Okay. So it's not pressing as hard, so it's not going to get as much wear. I've... I definitely know people that have gotten drift on a pro controller also. Uh-huh. So, but I think it just takes longer and it's not as easy. It does. It's not as, not as inevitable, gotcha. but I haven't ever messed of a pro controller. I've never, so don't quote me on that, but um, <laughs> I know, I know that it's using the same technology because pr- most, most joysticks do use that technology. Right. It's just, they, most of them aren't using this thin little base that is the, I think is, probably the source of the problem so to simply put it like how how could nintendo fix the joy-con problem if they were going to definitively like where it's it's done it's fixed would be to use the technology that's used that i mentioned earlier in the in the vita i i, I believe the vita i know the dualshock 3 which is what's called a uh a how i call it a howl sensor because i've never heard it out loud i've only read it okay it's a hal yeah but that's a that's basically using um magnetic current instead okay and so there's no parts rubbing against each other so there's no point of no point of failure for that and that that's all that is is basically when magnets are near each other it's measuring the amount of you know electricity through i'm not a engineer but it's the magnets (laughs) it's magnets you know right right Uh, but yeah that's it you would just uh, i mean they would have to figure out i assume i can't imagine that it's that much of a difficulty to figure out how to put the ribbon cable that's connected to their current joystick to connect to that kind of joystick. Mm-hmm. It's not something a consumer could do, but it's something a company could definitely do. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, it, now it may be, maybe there's not room in that little tiny controller for that. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the problem because, you know, I know that um, in, at least on the, the DualShock 3, that base is, it's got to be at least double the thickness of the base of the joystick on the Joy-Con. So maybe that's, maybe the, it's just the thickness is an issue and there's, they'd have to make a bigger Joy-Con is the only right. thing I could think. Right. And so this kind of segues a little bit into a, uh, <laughs> this very, very popular video that's already has about 500,000 mm. views on YouTube <laughs> called How to Fix Your Joy-Con Drift Permanently by VK's channel. I've never heard of this channel before. Um, I'm not sure if you have. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some of his other videos, I believe. 
yeah is it similar to this kind of stuff or is it um is it uh yeah like does he repair things yeah yeah no he 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 definitely um to some extent knows what he's talking about for sure he probably knows more than i do about some things so uh, this video it's it says to fix your joy-con permanently and i'm gonna like make it super simplified you can go a little bit more in depth on how the video uh is translated but uh in the video they say that basically there's just a area that needs a little more pressure and all you have to do is really open it up put a little piece of cardboard in there and the area that doesn't have pressure now has enough pressure to work um I probably said it too simply, so (laughs) why don't you you delve into it? That's exactly his argument. Yeah, that's exactly his argument. So you watched this video, and I'm Mm -hmm. assuming a couple of red flags went up for you. Yeah, the word (laughs) word permanently right there. That's it. (laughs) The word permanently. Because he's not wrong. That does fix it for a little bit. Um, To go back to my ditch analogy, if you're having a hard time, if you're ever stuck like that, making the car heavier will give you more traction which then will get you out of the ditch. Right. But right. Eventually you're just digging deeper ruts. Mm-hmm. Um, so what he's basically with the drift as it grinds off that contact um, material, whatever it is, um, it's, it's, it's making it harder for the metal prongs to get the electrical contact they need. So putting pressure on it is pressing those metal prongs down against it harder, uh-huh. which is going to help but it's just going to wear off eventually anyway. In fact, it's probably going to accelerate the damage. Gotcha. Now you're talking about, as I mentioned a minute ago, a part that if you buy them in bulk is costing you $3. Right. So you're talking about getting uh, drift relief for a temporary amount of time with the knowledge that you will eventually definitely have to replace that joystick. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not the worst idea. To me, the problem is you've already opened up the Joy-Con why not put in the new part? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? So you put in the new part and however long it took you to get drift the first time is probably going to take about the same amount of time the next time, right? Okay. Uh, I think my first one, my first drifty one that I switched out, I think it la- uh, you know, it got drift after about a year. I switched it out. It got drift again in about 18 months. I switched it out. It's been about a year now. It's still not drifting. Um. But it also doesn't get a lot of my, mine. Mine get a lot of heavy use from my kid. Right. Uh, I don't play uh, when I play Switch. I don't play with Joy Cons. So, mm. you know, and that that's another thing where he says, "Oh, it's permanent." He goes, "And I know it's permanent because it's been two months." I'm like, "That's <laughs> not what permanent means, man." And I want to know how much are you playing in those two months? Right. Like, I w- I don't want to know two months. I want to know hours. How many hours has this worked so far? Right. Because my prediction is it's not going to be a whole lot. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the simplicity of it. When's the last time cardboard permanently solved anything? Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? Like, like I you mean, said, the cardboard is going to wear down itself too. And oh, yeah. if the cardboard is stuck in there and it's worn down, do you think that could do more damage or is it about the same as just what it's doing anyway? No, I, I don't picture this causing any problems for a Joy-Con. Don't, don't sue me over it. But uh, <laughs> no, like the way I looked at it, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, that's not a bad idea of a thing to do, but don't tell people it's permanent because that's a lie. Like that's absolutely not true. Right, right. Um, dr- what I always tell people about Drift is like, well, what can I do about Drift? I'm like, you can't do anything. 
your Joy-Cons, people are like, I haven't gotten drift yet. I'm like, awesome. You will someday. <laughs> if you use the Joy if you use the Joy-Con enough, drift will happen. It's just gonna happen. And there is no solution to it other than to replace the joystick. And putting in a piece of cardboard is just extending the life until you have to replace the joystick. But the joystick will have to be replaced eventually. And the thing is, uh, he says in the video, I'm you I, I already voided my warranty anyway. Hmm. because I did a shell swap, in which case I'm like, well, yeah, there you go, right? Like, I've done shell swaps. Nintendo's not going to repair my drift anyway. Right. So, they're, I mean, or I've done joystick swaps, right? So, at this point, Nintendo can see I've opened it. They wouldn't repair it for free anyway. So, the next time I get drift, I probably will try this little cardboard thing just for just for the hell of it, see how long it lasts, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it, I don't, I can't imagine that it would hurt anything. Right. Other than the joystick, which you're already going to have to replace. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So that was really where I took issue was him saying permanent. If he said, I found a way to extend the life of your Joy-Con before you have to replace the stick, or extend the life of the stick, I would be like, oh, yeah, no, you're totally right. That is a genius, easy life hack for extending the life of that joystick. Yeah. But saying it's permanent was um, clickbait. I don't even know another <laughs> way to put it. it, it annoyed I, I was me. just going to say, I mean, if he changed the name, like how to temporarily, <laughs> you know, come up with a temporary It wouldn't have 500,000 views. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. And but it the, would be honest and, and it would probably be being shared around and people would be like, like, that know what they're talking about. We'd be like, oh yeah, why didn't we think of this? Though I bet a bunch of people have. Also. Right, but at the same time too, it's it'll go back to like your very first point. If you're opening the thing, why don't you just replace the stick? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you're not, it's one of those things of like if you're just feel barely competent enough to open up the Joy-Con, mm -hmm. but not competent enough to start removing ribbon cables and stuff. Well, then yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's it's less invasive because you do have to unplug a couple of ribbon cables and plug a couple of ribbon cables back in and all that. Yeah, so, like, I mean, can anybody really just open up their Joy-Con and follow a video for it? Or is it, like, something you feel like you need a little bit of experience in? Oh, I think anyone can do it. Um, I, I always say it's one of the easiest repairs. Uh, the, and I've gotten where I timed it. The last time I did it was 16 minutes. Oh, wow. And that was with me being real slow and talking my way through it, like narrating for Twitch while I did it. Uh -huh. um, so it's, it's, uh, but the first time I ever did it, I broke my Joy-Con. Oh, really? So, I mean, you, not badly. I just made it to where, uh, you know, when you're syncing it, the LEDs on the rail, yeah. my LEDs don't work anymore. Oh, okay. Um, I severed the ribbon. I, I damaged the ribbon. I didn't sever it. I just barely bent the ribbon cable that attaches the LED part of the rail to the rest of it. So that's like a minor problem. Um, so I, and you could fix it, but I'm like, well, I don't, I'm fine. It's fine. You know, <laughs> like, who cares? But still, uh, it is easy to, to mess up. Uh, you definitely want to follow a video. Um, I fix it does has a YouTube channel and they have really good video for how to do all this. Okay. That'll walk you through it. But it's basically what I always tell people is just treat it like it's a really old, like ancient tome. <laughs> Because you open it like a book, right. treat the rail like a spine, and treat it like if I open this too fast, it's going to crumble and fall apart. Because mm. it will. So you got to be real gentle with it. And as long as you're real gentle and take your time and follow the directions, um, it's hard to mess anything up. The only time I've ever messed any, I've I've messed up two, and both times it was uh, being just rushing it a little bit. Gotcha. So. 
Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I have. So I just shipped off two sets of Joy-Cons. And the current Joy-Con that's on my Switch, I've had for over two years, and it just yeah. started drifting. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, yeah I, I'm surprised about that one. Because the other two, one of them started drifting after like six weeks. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> and I didn't even play it that much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with this with this other one, I kind of want to actually just try to do it myself. So I'll probably be looking at that that video you said i fix it on youtube yeah i fix it um their website well i mean i buy their tools i i uh, i'm not trying, uh, they hopefully <laughs> wish they give me some money uh no i i buy their like i i have like some of their tools and um i i use their i still use their guides when i do stuff oh cool uh, just to make sure i don't mess something up unless it's something i've just done a a lot right um, right yeah. and their guides on their website and then their youtube yeah yeah so are you a big nintendo gamer or yeah, um, go towards I, a different system. So I, I will admit to fanboyism. Um, been <laughs> Nintendo fanboy since 1989 when I got my NES. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, but I mainly PC game these days. Uh, my son is on the Switch, like it probably an unhealthy amount. Uh, <laughs> playing almost nothing but Minecraft. Oh wow! Um, and then so I play with him, but I don't do a lot on the Switch by myself lately. Um, sometimes. Yeah, but I, I, but I am, yeah, we have, I, I made the, I made kind of the bad decision of, of going mostly physical. Mm. And so now we have so many cartridges. I had to like find it. I had a case for, I have like a, I made like a little like treasure chest case thing for it with like oh, cool. PLA foam and all that stuff. And then it, or EVA foam and it ran out of space and I had to get a second one because it's too many. So, <laughs> so yeah, I am a Nintendo fan for sure. Nice. But you said you're a PC gamer. Um, the uh, Steam Deck just went up for pre-orders today. Have you yeah. seen that thing at all? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, what do you think of it? Man, I gotta say, if I needed a gaming PC right now, and I ever played games mobily, like I only play my Switch docked. Right. Uh, but if I didn't, I would be like pounding that like pre-order button. Well, I know I wouldn't, but I'd be wanting to. I never pre-order <laughs> things. The only th- yeah, I pre-ordered my Switch, and otherwise I don't pre-order things because. You never, you never know what's going to happen. I want to see the early, actual, experienced reviews. But right. I, I think yeah, for the, the, the horsepower per dollar is really good for for right now, especially because hmm. I, I build my own PCs. Um, I, I have I've been building my own PCs since the late '90s, um, and right now, like to build something on that level, as a desktop, not a mobile, right you're going to spend more than that thing costs probably. Yeah. I mean, to build, I mean, it's, it's definitely low end. Like it is the entry level gaming in terms of hardware. Right. It's on par. They said it's on par of probably like a PS4. Okay. Um, and you know, but like my, my gaming. still P- awesome for a mobile. <laughs> yeah. For a mobile thing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it's $50 more than the new switch. Right. And it's a generation ahead. So in terms of horsepower. Yeah, well, that fifty dollar one is like sixty four or sixty two gigs, right? Oh yeah, it is low. Um, it's really low because I mean, you look at a lot of PC games. Like I was, I just for shits and giggles, I looked at Horizon Zero Dawn. That game alone is seventy two gigs. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. So you know, I think they are dropping it down to seven twenty p. That's for true. Also, this system, but which I don't is know. the Switch also right? The Switch is seven twenty p undocked. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. That, that was so, surprising like, though. I was like 720p, like my phone, 
like my like four year old like Pixel phone is is better than that. Is better than seven twenty. That's interesting. Yeah, I don't. I I mean, do do your eyes even catch the pixels at a screen that small if it's more than seven twenty? I mean, probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You know, think you're so. probably right. You're probably right. So I don't know if it makes a big difference, but I also don't know if like bringing the quality down to 720 for Horizon Zero Dawn will even like get it 10 gigs lower to get on that system. You no, no, I mean? you're right. I mean, you're if you're buying the base one, they're assuming you're buying SD cards. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're gonna have to buy an SD card for any of but, them, really. You know, I I do I don't do a lot of mobile gaming. Uh, I do some around the house. I have a PSP. Mm-hmm. I have a modded PSP. Oh, nice. And in the mod in the PSP modding community. You basically have two camps. You have the camp where they're like, I have the entire, I have a you know terabyte SD card that has every PS1 game and and PSP game ever made mm-hmm. on it, and 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 then you have the crowd like me that just have like five or six PSP games, right? Five or six PS1 games, like thirty SNES games, and so on. And I can scroll through my whole game library like that. Yeah. And the other people are sitting there like, and I'm like, at what point when you're out and about, do you really need your entire 500 game steam library at hand? Right. I I was thinking about it today. I was like PC gaming lately. I play like two or three games at a time at the most. Yeah. So don't really need a bunch of storage. I think the, really the, the difference to me between the two or the three price points but really between the bottom and the top two is the uh, that MVME storage, mm-hmm. which if you've played a PS5 or a Series S or X, they use that. Right. And it's, it is uh, like super fast loading, you know? Yeah. And so that would be, that would be definitely benefit because if you're playing the games off the SD card, even like the best SD card, you're going to have pretty bad loading times. Right. I mean, I kind of want the thing just for indies. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, like I, I that they take this, a gig at the most. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and the Steam Deck like appeals to me because I travel so much for work that I oh, play yeah. mobile like most more often than not. That's why I picked up the Switch OLED, because like I have the launch day switch and I, I think people underestimate how nice an OLED screen actually looks. Oh, yeah. No, you're versus LCD. You're totally right. It does. And and the increased battery life. Yeah. It's at least the increase as the second revision of the Switch. Yeah, which think. I still have the launch date Switch. So if I play Fire Same. Emblem on it, the thing like just dies in 35 minutes. So Yeah. I've I've uh so I'm I am that weird Switch player. Like I don't travel. I don't have a life that is conducive <laughs> to mobile gaming. Uh-huh. And uh I'm 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 kind of we have in our living room we have two tvs in our living room uh-huh. so if my son wants to play something different than me we can just both because i have my gaming pc hooked up oh. to my you know my 55 inch tv nice and then i have a little 32 inch tv to the side and you can just switch the hd we have a little i have the the hdmi cables and a little holder yeah, yeah. and he already knows i'm like hey get on the small tv and he'll switch <laughs> but i don't let him use it handheld and i the the switch head guys were telling me they're like man you gotta you gotta let that kid play handheld i'm like he he already <laughs> broke like two tablet screens i'm not letting him carry around the switch but uh, I'm. I know. Drop like that, that thing once, and it's gone. <laughs> yeah, but but if I did have that, where I'm like traveling a lot and stuff, I would be pre-ordering that o, the OLED switch. And like I said, the Steam Deck, I would be really interested, especially because they they said they claim, oh, you can install anything on it, right? That you could install on a regular PC. 
Right. And I, I feel like there might be some um, some fine print there <laughs> because it's running Steam OS, right? Mm-hmm. I really don't think you're going to be able to install Xbox Game Pass for PC and uh, Epic Game Store and Amazon Gaming and whatever on there mm-hmm. on Steam OS because they mentioned, oh, you could install Linux on it if you want to, right? Or Windows on it if you want to. And I feel like you're probably going to have to install Linux or Windows on it um, to be able to do those other things. Right. And I don't know how those things. I don't know how Game Pass for PC interacts with uh, with Linux. I, I don't know. I've never messed with it. Hmm. So you know, you figure Windows, you're spending minimum seventy five dollars, and then you're also not going to be getting the same experience. Right. Um. You know, because it's going to be optimized for um, for Steam OS. So that's another reason I wouldn't pre-order. I'd like to wait and see. Okay, what does the modding community do? Because I guarantee <laughs> there's going to be people out there be like, "All right, you just run this executable, and bam, you can install Game Pass for PC." Yeah. There you go. Yeah, this is actually one of the things that I do want to wait for, like reviews and people yeah. I know that get it, because I I'm not very versed in the PC world or anything like that. Um, so. For me, I just I want to see what kind of value it brings to me because I do already have a Switch and I enjoy it. So I don't need something else, but it would be kind of nice to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, and like I said, if I was in the position of someone that's traveling a lot, yeah, then it would be it would be on my it would be on my my wish list. So my wife knew, hey, this is what I'm wanting to get. Right. Yeah, and I think. I I also think like mobile gaming is so good for, you know, people our age, like people in their thirties that grew up with gaming and now have kids and are on the go and like just pick up and do something for 20 minutes. Like mobile gaming is just awesome right now. It really Um, is. And the steam deck is going to have a dock as well. That's sold separately. So that's also interesting. Yeah. But they said Um, it'll also work with any like third party dock too. So that's good. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, they said that in the, uh, if you saw, they did a video with the developers where they just sat there and asked them like 40 questions. Right. And they just talked all, and, and they, and they said, and one of the, like the guy that's obviously the PR guy said, oh yeah, the, that'll be coming out soon. We're not sure of the price. And then one of the guys is obviously the engineer guy is like, but it'll work if any third party doc that's already out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's great. <laughs> Because That's Nintendo awesome. would never say that. Nintendo would no. say, oh. don't use third-party docs. Uh, your, it'll void your warranty. And also, that's illegal in Japan. So, um, Which it, it may be. I don't know. It may be, actually. <laughs> I don't know if you know about it, but the, the uh, man, the, the video gaming laws in Japan are insane. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, it's a, they just recently, it's illegal now to mod your system. I mean, they can't arrest you for modding your own system, but like you can't uh, like what I do where I buy old ones and mod them and then sell them is now illegal in Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think it's maybe if you're doing it for a business for profit. Yeah. If there's any profit involved. But that's that's crazy. And it's very the opposite of the U.S. where, you know, the Supreme Court weighed in and was like, no, you can totally mod your stuff like that's not right. Yeah, but it's just it's a whole other thing. It's there's all sorts of stuff. It's it's illegal to have like a barcade kind of thing. Huh. I mean, not well, no, no, not exactly. If you're using like home consoles and stuff. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it didn't used to be. It's that's kind of that's like two years ago. But yeah, so that's kind of crazy. I'm sorry. I know I'm getting (laughs) off on a little tangent there, but I was just saying like I can see them eventually making third party docs illegal. Also, yeah, run mad cats out of the country or something. (laughs) 
that's crazy. Um, is there anything else you want to follow up on when it comes to like Joy-Con, Steam Deck, PC gaming, anything else that you think we missed? Uh, I, I mean, I was just, uh, I mean, if we're just shooting off the cuff, one thing that I, I see that Steam Deck thing, and I just like the idea of having something um, for, for the mobile gaming, another or another great option for people. Yeah. If you have unlimited data is like Stadia. Mm. And you can get, you know, you could get like a little, like a little portable device. I was, I was thinking about, I was like, what would be good for that? Like you've got those, those game grip things that you can put on your phone, you know? Have you seen that Retroid um mm-hmm. yeah retroid gaming thing um yeah there's a bunch of those um i don't know if does it do uh internet because that's where, where that comes in uh, i it must because you actually have to add all your games to it oh okay so it's using like an uh it's probably just running android or i, I think android. it is yeah i think it is um yeah it's like the retroid model 2 and they're coming up with a new one uh pretty soon i was actually like thinking about getting that and then the same day i was looking into the retroid the steam deck got yeah <laughs> yeah those retroid things uh and they they are pretty neat um and i i don't know as to the uh who's i don't know who makes it i don't know either to be honest with you yeah because i was gonna say like if it's um like i'm not a fan of uh the company that makes the retron mm-hmm you know those that it's like a it's like it looks like a you know it'll play your NES games and your SNES games. You put in the cartridge, you know that thing. They sell them at at gaming stores. They got like the Retron, you know, mm-hmm. you know that'll play like it'll play Game Boy Genesis, but you it actually plays the cartridges. Gotcha. Well, it doesn't actually. That's what it advertises. It does. That's my beef with it. It's actually just an emulator, <laughs> but right, it, it pulls the ROM off the cartridge and plays it. Is all oh. it does, but. Gotcha. It's basically downloading, temporarily downloading the ROM from your cartridge, and then it's just emulating. But anyway, huh. those are those are cheap. <laughs> those are cheap. I'm not a fan. But um, no, I would say like I do uh, around my house. I have my modded PSP, and that is really like a modded PSP or a Vita, even better. Yeah, is really if you're into retro games, that's a really great way to go. And then the Retroid is one of those, but you don't have to mess with all the modding. Gotcha. You know. So if it's not too expensive, I think it's probably a great idea. I wouldn't spend more than a hundred dollars on one myself, but right. But it also depends on how comfortable comfortable you are with modding things, even like soft modding things. Yeah, I, I'm too even afraid to emulate on my computer. I've tried it a couple times, and oh. like the thing is just like it just had so many viruses after trying a couple times. I was like, never again. I'm not doing it. Oh yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. You gotta so. you gotta know the right places. Yeah, exactly. Or or rip your own things. There's also that. <laughs> if you've got if you got the if it's a if it's a disc based game, you can just rip it for the most part, and there you go. Depends on the system. What do you but mean like, rip it? Oh uh, well, like um my so I I am a, not a purist when it comes to oh I've got to play it on the original hardware on a CRT. I'm not even though I I make money from people that are purists about that. I'm fine with just emulating on my PC. So I took like my whole PS1, PS2 collection and just downloaded. I mean, just use, put the CDs in my computer and just download that to a hard drive. So I just have a hard drive that's just all my PS1, PS2. You can do a PSP also with a PSP. Wow. With a modded PSP, you put the the UMD in the drive and you plug it into your computer. You have to have a modded PSP. And then you can just use the PSP basically as like a disk drive 
to do the same thing. Same way, like people, you know, rip their MP3s off their CD collection. Interesting. It's exactly it's exactly the same process. Really easy to do, and then then you can get into some fun with you know like uh, HD texture mods and stuff like that. Mm. So. That's cool. Yeah, I've seen people who like mod Final Fantasy seven and nine and stuff like that. Make like the graphics yeah. really smooth and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, I'm about to start uh, Demon Souls for PS3 on my computer, and it's got a a whole like um, in the the Nexus mod site that people do like Skyrim mods and stuff. Yeah, has a whole uh, Demon Souls for PS3 section. Oh wow, <laughs> of mods for for everything, change everything, but create a whole like emulated multiplayer server and all that kind of stuff. So, a lot of fun stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think we've touched up on everything that we needed to. Um, I do want to give a special shout out to the Switchheads uh, podcast and community because that's where I found you, Kerry. Oh, yeah. um, you know, They're you're very active on their their Discord. So yeah. uh, we were talking a little bit about Joy-Cons the other day and I was like, you know what? I got to I gotta talk to this guy, <laughs> make sure he, um, you know, I, I want to get it all out there on the Joy-Cons. So um well i appreciate it yeah so carrie tell us where we can find you and uh your modding videos and your streaming all right well i uh, i stream on twitch at carousetta k-e-r-o-o-s-e-t-a um i just recently got the uh affiliate status that oh that that golden goal so now i got to get the partner status which is like congrats impossible. well thank you so uh i'm a gonna start i think streaming on sunday nights at nine is gonna be my schedule starting here pretty soon nice and uh, i do i play D D with my friends um i stream a lot of i do like just whatever video game i'm currently playing uh which for the past few months has been some version of dark souls uh and then uh not as often as i used to i get on and i do some some repairs or modifications uh live on stream and then uh, i usually try to post that stuff to my youtube channel same name and uh, I post about it on Instagram, put pictures of the mods I've done on Instagram, same name. So K-R-O-S-E-T-A, Carusetta. Cool. Um, yeah, I've I've watched a couple of your videos on YouTube. It, it's it's so cool watching that, you know, the modding stuff. It, I, I, I'm fascinated by that because it's a world that I've never even thought about doing. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's it's very zen. My friend, like after our, he saw my first video, is like, oh, it's like it's like the Mister Rogers of mod. It's just like soothing. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a high school teacher, so it's just like I'm using like my my teacher voice a little right. bit. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and you guys can find me on Twitter at dcdm99 and uh, check out all of our articles and podcasts on www.bossrushgames.com. Um, Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Kerry, thanks again for joining us, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Thanks.